Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim. And I'm Noelle Cordeaux. We are the founders of Lumia. And we're super passionate about all things coaching, and we want to share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training thousands of life coaches. Let's dive into the science and magic of coaching. And welcome to Everything Life Coaching. Noelle here with my dear friend, colleague, Lumia alum. In many ways, Lumia alum, Lumia alum as, as a professional, Lumia alum as a student, Jim Graziano, how are you today? I am well, Noelle. Thank you so much for allowing me the opportunity to sit with you in conversation today. I'm just extremely stoked and uh, grateful. I'm, I'm so excited about this conversation. And this conversation has been a long time coming. So mm-hmm. orienting our listeners to the why of our time together today. Um, Jim, you are the founder of Zen Laundry Coaching which is a really unique coaching practice in the space of leadership development that focuses on the spiritual aspect of what we do as leaders and more importantly on the spiritual wounding um, that takes place as is leaders who run um, businesses in a capitalist society during such times that we live in, right? So I first became aware of your work when we connected through Lumia. And I first became aware of your work because of the experience that I had as a leader myself in connecting to your message around this spiritual component that comes in. And as a cue up to our conversation, it's not just me. Um, Many of you may recall that I've been talking about um, Meta's job posting for a head of coaching for quite some time. And right smack in that job description, um, Meta's head of coaching was called upon to be a spiritual leader within the organization. And that language knocked me sideways. Because I thought, holy hell, you know, like, these are these are some crazy words <laughs> that I'm seeing in a LinkedIn job posting through my little computer that teleports me so I can connect with thousands and we're talking, you know, like, all right. So, so thank you for, for coming to the table to have this conversation and let's unpack this. Um, talk to me about spiritual leadership and coaching. It, it's interesting. Um, Speaking to that, well, let, let me first just do, do a disclaimer. So th- this is the world according to Jim. I only know my existence through my lens. Um, I hope that uh, conversation that we have today is going to resonate with some, and I hope that it doesn't resonate with others so that it actually uh, puts them in a space of thinking, right? So, and, and just challenging their own belief system. I, that's the beauty of all of this from my perspective. So what I'll say about that meta posting is I find it, interesting very interesting the timing of the word spiritual being used in a job description and i say that because it has been my experience over the last i'll say three going on four years in my my journey of understanding me um that the word spiritual is taking on a new form right it's now a commodity it is now a cash bringer, meaning 
you go on any social media platform and you're going to, if you get in the algorithm, you're going to be hit with all these opportunities to connect with a reader, to connect with your twin flame guy, to connect with, you know, what, who, yeah. whomever is claiming to be that spiritual guru. Um, and I just found it interesting that Meta and the, 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 the unique mind of the leaders of Meta would tap into that um, space of, uh, just, just word choice, right? Do they really want a spiritual leader? Do they understand the broadness of spiritual spirituality in today's world? Because some would uh, argue that it's 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 now religion. It is it is a a tenet of uh, of a religious experience. So Catholicism, Methodism, spirituality, right? So I'm actually Noel. This is this is going to be news to you. Um, in my evolution having been through recent experiences and starting to question my use of the word, right? It's about spirituality is, am I connected to a spirit because spirit ties back to a religious connotation or is it more about a, a self-awareness and self-actualization? What, do, what does self-awareness and self-actualization look like in the workforce? And how does that being grounded and centered and connected to how it is you identify with yourself how is that impactful and uh, valuable to any uh, leader as they try to traverse the crazy machine of corporate? Oh, yeah. Well, and, and for me, you know, sitting in a place of leadership, um, running, a, running an, a corporation, you know, through a capitalist society where, you know, I wake up every day and it's not just my life that sits on my shoulders. It's the lives of many that sit on my shoulders. And, um, and so when I think of, of spirituality and leadership, um, something that, that comes up very strongly for me is the idea of life force. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and purpose and the idea that, um, all of us, you know, whether, um, I am a blade of grass or a frog or a human. Um, I have a life force and I have a way in which I will grow and express myself in the world that is, is my very own to express and that uh, human beings so often find themselves cogs in a machine where their identity is, is relegated to a series of tasks and that we are meant to do so much more than work, pay taxes, and die, right? Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, when I think about the spiritual component of leadership, especially within the workforce, it's how are we, as leaders, carrying the pain of our time, the responsibility of our time, and also tending to the garden of human souls that we are responsible for stewarding through purpose, meaning, and life force within the construct of our roles. 100%, right? So th that life force, that energy um, <clears throat> is palpable, mm -hmm. right? So if we think about the context or the, the, the just how a team is formed and just the, the hierarchy uh, the, 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 the subordinates, if you will, or the direct work. I don't even like to use the word subordinate. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it just doesn't sit well with me. Right. It's the, I, I never, when I was a, a people leader, I didn't, I didn't, people, we were all on the same team. Yeah. We just had a different set of responsibilities. Right. Ah. So my responsibility to my team to ensure that they felt compelled and 
had permission to show up authentically was to be authentic myself mm -hmm. and understanding that I had already start started the conversation of recognizing my own life force to use your uh, word choice. It was my responsibility to show up in that space so that they felt that they could as well. And it's interesting that <clears throat> as I connected to self and became more, uh, 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 more purposeful, more intentional in just being human in front of people that were looking to me for guidance, looking for me to for uh, looking to me for direction and how it is they were na navigating their careers, uh, looking to me for guidance and how they were navigating being human. Um, it just became very relevant to me that being authentic and being integrous in everything that it was that I was doing was my responsibility, not only to the human being that was part of my team that was producing great work, but to the organization. Because if we think of trickle down, I had to put up my kind of like my shield to kind of not be consumed by the folks that were above me that weren't in the same mindset. Um, didn't and, and I was very vocal um, about how it is I saw the world, the folks that weren't aligned with that, mm -hmm. right? I had to make sure that I stay true to self. And I will just, just a little kind of plug there, coaching became <laughs> quite an important component of how it is I related to my team. Absolutely. And, and you know, I want to qualify for our listeners and we're not going to ask you to violate any of your NDAs on this on our chat today. But Jim, you've been a senior leader in some very brand name organizations, and you have Correct. worked um, above and below folks who are, you know, considered extraordinary um, yes. in, in their spaces. And so when we're talking about you as as a people leader, I just want to highlight that you've been surrounded for a very long time by excellence. And that's mm -hmm. the level of, of work that you bring to this table and to this conversation. So kudos to you. Um, oh, thank, thank you, you for thank showing you. It was quite, quite, quite the learning experience. It always <laughs> is. Always is, right? And, and one that I would not try. I mean, it's just part of the journey, right? It's it's like, you know, I made the choice to leave that that environment, uh, the conscious choice with, with clear intention as to why yeah. uh, and clear understanding as to why. But I do not uh, look over my shoulder and be like, what did I do with the last nine years of my life? No, it was formative. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, from my perspective, at this point in time, um, many folks are, are experiencing a level of spiritual crisis. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the pieces that is on my heart and mind is the pain that leaders experience is universal right now. Um, and it's invisible. And when a leader is in pain, it hurts the organization, it, it hurts the culture, and mm -hmm. it trickles down in the form of stress, anxiety, and exhaustion that's felt organization-wide. Mm -hmm. And I know this not only from my observation, but from the literature and my own direct experience of, of, of watching my own emotional set trickled down into my organization in that form and then having people who love me and see me and care about me tell me what's going on and then needing to go back and double back and, and course correct um it's it's a real cause and effect um what do you think we should do about this problem 
Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting because if we think about like the, 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 the contagion of laughter, yes. right? So I, I think there was a, like a study that was done that like laughter started in a, in a village in, I, I think, I don't, I can't remember if it was South America or Africa. And it actually traveled from village to village to where there was this case of just tremendous laughter happening in this very concentrated area uh, of the world. Um, and conversely, uh, this space of despair, this uh, space of disconnect, um, of melancholy that is n the interesting thing. And this is where I think um, I, I, I want to focus attention to. The interesting thing is half the battle is becoming aware to the understanding that what it is that you are experiencing is not yours. Mm. It is not yours. And how do you get there? That's, that's, that's where the beauty comes in. It is the conscious decision to step back and observe, observe self, observe, <laughs> talk to yourself in third person, Jim. Okay. You're going to work today. We know what yesterday was like, you know, it was really heavy. We had all these meetings. The mood was somber. There was, no light at the end of the tunnel. If there was, it was a train. There's metrics. There's you know goals. All this stuff. This weight, responsibility, accountability. Step away from it, and have that conversation with yourself. What what if what if this do you are you aligned with? Mm. What if what if this do you find value in? What if this, if any, brings you joy? And if the if the answers to that is pretty much nil to none, then it's very it very well could be said that none of that belongs to you. The expectations and the emotions that we attach to just the mechanics of being in a, in a job role, the emotion, they're just not ours. And that's where the beauty comes in. Noelle is because we have the ability to create a different scenario in choosing how it is we want to uh, attach to those responsibilities. I found myself laughing, not laughing at, just laughing in the comical, like if we think about tragedy and comedy, like, you know, the, the Greek, the comedy of it all, the far, just the farce of it all, right? Like, okay, here we are, right? And I could be feeling extremely weighted down or I could lighten it. And the more I practice having that conversation with self and that analyzing what of it belongs to me and then exercising the ability to change how it is I was going to respond to the mood that was being imposed upon me just allowed me to start building rungs to a ladder that allowed me to climb out and ultimately just sit in a space of Zen while watching all the other people be caught in this loop of chaos mm -hmm. uh, that we call a job. So what I'm hearing is that our entire workforce, including leaders, needs to be trained out of codependence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I love that. I, thank you for translating that. Yes. Yeah. So you know, codependence is is essentially when you take on responsibility for somebody else's pain, where where you can't feel good, you can't feel calm, you can't feel joy because you're worried about somebody else's expression. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and and we also know from a managerial perspective, people don't leave organizations because of the organization. They typically leave organizations because of the leader. Um, I have had some experiences with corporate leaders, vice presidents, uh, that I've been like really amazed at 
a couple of humans um, ideas or affect or way of being where um, folks have felt that their, their team uh, was responsible for being an extension of their mood. And that if they were in a bad mood and if they were upset about something, they would um, make sure everybody knew that felt it and, 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 and used emotions of displeasure in a way to bully people towards it. Well, you know, that's smart. That's smart. That's, that is allowing, especially if you're in a position of authority, that is uh, using your position of authority to get permission to be a jackass. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like I'm going to sign you up for all of, I'm going to sign you all up for this regardless. And that's, yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I've, I've been witness to this within organizations that we've been brought in to try to help things. And I've been kind of sitting around looking at this saying, oh boy, you know, here we go. And at the bottom of the pile is a person who's in pain, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a person who's in pain. So right now, um, there are, are some stats that, that are, are, I think, important to note. And, and, and one um, is that right now, 45% of employees ha- are saying that they're really struggling with stress and burnout coming out of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And 53% of executive leaders are reporting the same. So leaders are actually experiencing higher levels of stress and burnout than the workforce. Yep. That's real. Another another piece that we need to consider is that um, it's really difficult for leaders to gauge their own levels of stress, pain, crisis, and burnout because mm-hmm. they might not have any visible changes in their own performance. Um, so what are some some warning signs that we need to know about? Because nobody wakes up in the morning and says, man, I'm going to be a raging asshole today. I'm going <laughs> to ruin some lives. <laughs> Well, I, I do want to speak to those statistics. I'm not surprised uh, because what what I, I think a good majority of the world realized uh, sitting through the pandemic and post-pandemic is uh, what the hell am I doing with my life, right? And uh, get going back to work uh, for many has been kind of push-pull in that the messaging from corporate was very direct uh, immediately after the pandemic or during in that we are highly invested in your well-being and care tremendously uh, about your emotional wellness, your psychological safety, just the whole gamut. And what is happening now um, uh, is that that messaging is starting to erode uh, and we're hearing, you know, okay, uh, yeah, we thought work from home was going to be the answer, but it's not. And you're going to need to come into work at least, you know, twice a week or three times a week or when your manager's. And, and then there's the, you know what, we thought that hybrid thing was going to work, but it's not. And all these resources and, 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 and diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, accessibility, whatever, however the acronym uh, continues to evolve. <sighs> Right. And it is difficult for a human being to keep up with the narrative Mm. and and it kind of put our heads around and our hearts around and our feelings around. What is it that that, that my my organization actually believes in? So 
to speak to your to your question, how is it that we recognize? You know, I it, it, grounding can be very literal. Um, one thing that I do when I wake up is I intentionally plant my feet on the the, the floor, mm. right? It's ground. Although I do find myself part of my morning ritual is going outside, right? And I will plant my feet on the ground. Um, so in that moment of grounding, just you know, it, it, not to get too like um, like this is the answer because it's all personal, right? But just kind of you know, just breathing through. Where am I today? Who am I today? Who who is it? You know, I don't want to be an asshole. How is it that we want to? Show, what am I carrying from yesterday? You know. And if there is this this space of like, ugh, it's allowing yourself to feel that and allowing yourself to love that and making the decision whether or not you're going to carry that throughout the day, this, this, this space of, I'm going to use this word intentionally and break it apart, this space of dis-ease, right? Not ease, but dis-ease, which ultimately could can, as some folks believe, manifest into disease, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're finding yourself in that space of imbalance, it's just the agreement that you make with self of how is it you're going to allow it to carry, carry, allow it to carry you throughout the day. If you are, if I, if I am so disjointed that I know that I'm going to be not uh, a good person to be around, and that the, the, my word choice and and my sentiment and my vibe, my life force is going to be. Uh, of negative consequence to those that I care about, then I choose, I tend to choose to remove myself from interaction that day. Now, not all of us have the luxury of being able to do that. And that again, goes back to the messaging of, of, of uh, many corporate businesses today is before it's like, yeah, take your, take your time, take your wellness day, but that's starting to change. And I can, I can imagine that there's a, a space of panic that's starting to happen in anxiety uh, post pandemic that, that little, space of exhale is that 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 space is the air in that space is being sucked away right so very specifically self-assessment self-analysis where i am i in the moment and what agreements am i going to make with myself again going back to that third party myself is not gym life force myself is gym that's showing up for what agreement i would make with myself that's going to allow me to navigate the day i love that and you know thinking about society uh social conditioning and and the intersection of 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 coaching you know really um so many folks are are on autopilot Mm -hmm. many folks live in their limbic brain which is a part of the brain that we share with other large mammals horses cows apes what does our limbic brain do it gives us access to our emotions both positive and negative but not necessarily higher you know logical thinking and so many of us especially in american society have been trained that um negative emotions are bad and if we're experiencing them, we're bad. And if we're experiencing them, our life is bad. And our life is going to continue to be bad. Um, and and what I'm hearing you say is um, is these are our flavors. Absolutely, absolutely, and and and, and required. Yeah, required. I mean, we spoke prior to recording about the necessity of it of understanding the neutral duality of just being alive. The yin yang, the dark light, the the heavy light. Uh, you know, it, it, in order for us to understand the fullness of our life force and our 
connection to each other, we have to understand the, the, the opposites. We have to understand the polars. We have to understand, ah, man, I mean, we have to understand the Capricorn to the Aries, you know? Yeah. So, so and, and that's just, you know, just throwing in some, some Zodiac humor, but you know, <laughs> if that works you, great. If it doesn't, you can look it up. <laughs> so, 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 and you know, given, given what you just shared, you know, that kind of like, like, and, and it's a, it's a, it's a view that, that I subscribe to as well. I don't particularly like it when I'm walking um, in the shadow of the dark valley, but I, you know, you do as part of your human experience, right? Um, yeah. Uh, that life is a tapestry. All the flavors are part of the human experience. All of the flavors and emotions are instructive of what we're on this rock to learn and evolve to. Um, you know, this is typically a view that is hard won, right? You know, people don't arrive at this place because they've had a ball and a biscuit the entire time. <laughs> so, and you and I are both looking at, at corporate America saying, oh God. Um, so what uh, led you yeah. specifically to, to, to the space of, of leadership and spiritual coaching? What has, has driven you to say, this is where I want to contribute? Well, I mean, it, it's it, there's no way in current state. There's no way around the fact that the way our country runs is contingent on these ugh, these archetypes, these systems, these businesses, these corporations, these these conglomerates that put us in this space of uh, of of having to be part of it in order to survive right so my 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 contribution and and my my i don't want to, calling yeah i'll go calling i think that's a relatable word I, my hope is that there is an understanding that we can we can soften and up and make it more of a human experience i i'm going to put, bring in a, a, an old reference so dating myself back in the day we i didn't have streaming in elementary school i didn't even have vhs until i was in like junior high right we had projectors film projectors right yeah. and you had this reel of film and i used to be so intrigued and fascinated by and used to like just be giddy when I was allowed to thread the machine, mm -hmm. right? Because the internal mechanics of that machine was just fascinating. The beauty of that machine is the film would go through, which is this flowing loopy container of goodness. And it would go through and it would go to the other side. And then you would put it back in its original space, you know, by using another part of the machine that was disconnected from the mechanics of it. And it would become whole again. What I feel, and you're tapping into that reference, what I feel is where we are today is that there is no end of that feeding through that machine to where you can go back whole. There's, mm -hmm. It's just this loop. If you can imagine this film just going through these mechanics, yeah. this loop, eventually it erodes and falls apart. So my, my goal, my hope is that by bringing a conversation and or example into the workforce that allows folks to identify with self, because that's where it all starts to happen. From my experience, that's where it all starts to happen. The understanding of why yeah. becomes more real and more attainable. Um, 
if we allow ourselves to have these conversations. So why not, Noel? You know, it, buck the system. Be forget the status quo, even if it causes uh, disruption, because the disruption is going to be that. From my experience and and point of view, it's positive disruption, and it is it goes back to that. What what is it I want to be? Do I want to be the the person that is creating a a uh, a laughing event where my tribe and then the tribe next to me and the tribe next to me throughout the entire organization is laughing, or do I want to be that uh, example where it is this machine fed gloom and doom, angst, yeah. uh, anxiety, and I I can't knowing who it is that I am today, again who it is that I am that's that person over there that that this meat suit right knowing who that is and how it is that that person is showing up in the world um i i i have to i have to have this conversation with with leaders in corporate yes thank you thank you for stepping up to the plate on this and you're welcome you know as as i'm listening to you i can imagine the that there there would be pushback from folks in the trenches saying, well, it's not just that simple, Jim, to start laughing. And what's coming up for me is um, is the story of Martin Seligman in the Rose Garden, um, godfather of applied positive psychology, where he was in a bad mood. He was in the Rose Garden with his five-year-old at the time daughter, and she was having a great time. She was laughing. She was enjoying the roses. And she said to her father, um, I'm not like you. I'm able to be here. I'm able to smell the roses. I'm able to play. You know, your whatever the five-year-old language was, like grouchy, cranky, not present. And that struck Seligman as a father to the core. And he began to ask the question, is it that simple? Is it that simple? to switch from a negative troubled affect to a positive affect of a five-year-old. And then that was followed by the research. I think it came from Barbara Fredrickson. I'm not sure where we know that it's impossible to experience a negative emotion and a positive emotion at the same time. And so the answer is actually yes. Yes. It is that simple. (laughs) It is that simple. Yes. We are resp- We create our own reality. We we it. We create our own reality. And and uh, thank you. I love that. I love the Rose Garden story. Right. Um, it is that simple. Because when you ask the question, you know, oh yeah, you get. I did get pushed back. You just can't. Yeah, you can. Mm-hmm. You can. And I don't know if you notice, and the folks that are listening will not notice. But when Noel was talking about like going through some things and it's just heavy and blah blah blah, I was smiling. I was laughing. You know, under my breath because. I, you know, I'm no, no stranger to heaviness, yes. right? I'm no stranger to life's experiences. And I've, I've been <laughs> on the receiving end of many to the point where now it's like, well, hell, <laughs> you know, uh, I didn't expect this one, didn't, but here it is. And there it was. And now I'm going to smile about it. And it's not that now, is it that simple? Yes, the answer is yes, but the human condition creates m- thought patterns and mindsets and emotional BDSM, uh, if you will, um, that 
oftentimes has a sit in the the uh, the, the darkness of it all. Yeah. Uh, but yes, and 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 if I, if I could convince directors, if I could convince CEOs, because that's where I sat. I sat in you know connected to C suite in my last position. If I could connect, con, con, convince the the C suite leaders, the VPs of these larger organizations, that yes, it is that simple to shift your mind and create the reality that you want for this organization and for your consumers mm-hmm. while remaining business driven, goal oriented, authentic, and non-performative, mm-hmm. right? It is that simple and it is contagious. So contagious that the structure that is your shareholders will eventually be laughing with you. Yes. I, I, I wholly agree. And, and as I delved into this space, one of the pieces of research that has jumped out to me is, is you're absolutely right about the social contagion piece and how moods are contagious. And I will add to this conversation that leaders are so psychologically isolated that mm. they feel that they are themselves and must be and must remain separate from those they lead um, in a collegial in a collegial place. And the opposite is true, that mm-hmm. leaders more than anyone else in the organization need friends Yes, within the organization, need to have people that they can laugh with because laughing by yourself just makes you look crazy. Laughing with others <laughs> is joyful, right? Like, yeah. and, and, and to be able to, to um, engage in the cornucopia of human connection and 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 so i would say there's a there's a large amount of permission you know that also needs to be granted to leaders to be human to come down off the pedestal and to say i'm the same as you my job is just different yeah yeah and it's interesting i love that word choice permission but i will offer that the permission has to come from yourself first you have to give yourself permission just to be uh, you know, to, pulling Brene Brown into the conversation to be vulnerable enough to get your ass kicked in the arena, yeah. regardless, regardless, because you know, with certainty in your life force, in your spiritual being, in your self-awareness, in your self-actualization, that this is true. Yeah. It's only, it's, as I started out the, you know, at the beginning of the conversation, we only know our experience through our lens and how, Tragic would it be if we are conforming and and surrendering to someone else's expectation of the world? Yeah. Oh, how deflating that I could not find or 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 muster the courage to self-express and be okay with being like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to laugh at this. Oh, these are our quarterly goals. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we know how that's going to turn out, right? And those the, the people that are actually, uh, you know, it, it is an interesting, it's an interesting system that we're part of because those are the people that need to be heard. The people that are like, yeah, we know how that's going to turn out because we've already done this before. But they, there's no room for that perspective because it's going to be butting heads with the person that's actually coming forth with a plan that they think is going to work. I say, 
smile, smile through it. You don't have to be so bold to say, yeah, haha, you know, sarcasm behind it, but smile because if you're smiling, then people are going to ask you in the break room, what were you smiling about? Well, you know, we did this three years ago and the outcome was not ideal. Right. And then that starts conversation that actually allows you to be authentic to who it is and how it is you're experiencing your job. You self-validate in that space. You're actually having probably validating the feelings of someone else. And then that becomes the laughter, Noel. Yeah. And so, you know, one of one of my my questions was um, was was where we where we'd start. There's um, a really great researcher I found in this mix. Her name is Liz Wiseman. Mm-hmm. He's a former executive at Oracle, and okay. she talks about the fact that you know these these feelings of stress of of pain are are not often truly a function of of too much work, but of too little enjoyment mm-hmm. within the space. And and so you know if I'm thinking about Zen Laundry Coaching and your approach to leadership, and it's a and your approach to the humans that are in these positions who are trying to survive their one precious life with so yeah. much pressure and show up in a way that they can feel good about, you're actually throwing a life raft out and saying, let me help you figure out how to be human within this construct. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I appreciate the nod. So it, uh, having been in leadership, there is, there is a, there is a love affair that I have with, with helping leaders uh, mm-hmm. find their way. Um, and when I say help, it's not me. It, we know coaching, right? It's all about, it's, it's the, the, the beauty of it is the inquiry and the self-discovery that happens in that inquiry. Um, but I will say that it's also the person that is reporting to leaders and it's also the person that's finding themselves unemployed. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it is, it, Zen Laundry, the, the concept came about in a very unique way. It actually came about at the Lumia retreat, yeah. right? Um, uh, from a, a fellow coach that coached me, right? In in terms of when I was a student at Lumia. Um, and I used laundry because life, life, there's so much that is just this habitual ritual thing that we can't avoid. You know, death and taxes is like the extreme. But what about the laundry? What about the stuff that piles up? What about the beauty of being able to put effort into something and get something on the other side that is beautiful and clean and, you know, pristine? So, yeah, it's 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 my, my approach to just kind of trying chipping away of old ideas, old archetypes, old frameworks that post pandemic are just not relatable anymore my 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 goal is to in this space of doing our laundry Mm -hmm. um it's relatable in a very practical space of being and that's just where we are in the world and how it is that we relate to uh what it is to be in this country and how it is we survive yeah wow jim i love this take on leadership um and i love this take moreover on on the opportunity that is ahead of us um, as a civilization, because you know there. You know, one of the things that I want to shout from the rooftops is, yeah, everybody's feeling really gnarly right now. But when we look around, you know, what I see is a whole bunch of people standing up, holding hands, and saying, "We're going to be the stewards of change." Yeah, and and this is happening now in a way that it has never happened before. I'm young, I'm only 43, but this is, you know, I'm looking around and saying, wow, like like this is a palpable shift 
in leadership writ large writ large yeah uh i didn't expect this in my career and, and my, my career is far from over i'm i'm young i'm 54 um and i i you know it's not that i want and, and like connected to this retirement age and you put in your year 65 this is just i just want to continue to do something and part of i want to say my career it's my life career so my my career as a a, a life force on this planet right so yeah it's it is about the writ large conversation that's happening right now and it is inspiring and it is scary and it is meaningful and valuable and so necessary right for us to sit in a space of conversation just like this uh and either align with someone else's belief system or not and in the or nots it's causing folks to think and think why not yes and what is it that i can do what what if what is it that i can do if i need to do anything at all differently so that i can feel that my existence on this planet is exactly what it's supposed to be according to the rule of self i love that I love that. So for all of our listeners who happen to be in Los Angeles, California, find Jim, <laughs> right? Um, and then otherwise, oh no, well, <laughs> who else? Where can we find you? Where is Zen Laundry? What's what's your what's your website address? Yeah, Zen Laundry is www.zenlaundrycoaching.com. Um, I will say you know, welcome to my website and please book a consult. I would love just to have a conversation, get to know, you know, just, just to, to meet you. Um, but I, I will say, I'm just going to just add this little caveat. I have just experienced and walked through, walked through some serious life changing stuff uh, over the last few months. And the, 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 the tone of my website, albeit uh, where I started is evolving. And I, I expect if anyone is looking at it today, um, please, please reach out. But my, my tone is going to be a little more um, a trauma-informed coaching um, as well as what we were talking about today. Like, because so much of how it is we show up from leader as leaders involves how it is our, our life has played out, right? Yeah. And oftentimes that involves trauma. Ah, that was a lot. ZenLaundryCoaching.com. You can find me on Instagram at uh, Zen underscore laundry underscore coaching and on TikTok at, at ZenLaundryCoaching. Uh, if you want to email me, uh, ZenLaundryCoaching at gmail.com. And we'll put all of this in the show notes so that it lives on into perpetuity for, for our <laughs> listeners. Um, and Jim, thank you. Uh, thank you for your, your friendship. Thank you for your voice. Thank you for, for putting this work out into the world. I'm, I'm so deeply appreciative that you chose Lumia, that I got to know you, and that mm. we get to, to partner in conversations like this. Igualmente, uh, the, the, the pleasure is all mine. And thank you, Noelle, for being that writ large, writ large ambassador to so many people uh, and, and the value that you bring to just being able to breathe uh, is so important and necessary. So my hat is off to you. Thank you, sir. Friends, we will see you next time. And thanks for hanging. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to lumiacoaching.com slash everything. Explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose, and a bold community to do it with. Lumia is ready to equip you with the tools, training, and community you will need to reach your goals. 
If you're ready to build a unique coaching business on your own terms while making an impact on the world at large, Lumia is the next bold step in your coaching journey. That's lumiacoaching.com slash everything. And hey, if you're waiting for a sign, this is it.